الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا discussing the kitab or the ahadith of al-fitan trials and tribulations we mentioned this previously we will repeat it again that as the ayat of Quran were miraculous in the nature that it created a principle for every individual in every town in every area in every era that he would look at those verses and he himself could pull out a principle which was telling him what to do. If they had to say that this verse was regarding a particular incident and that it refers to only that incident, then this wouldn't have been a kitab, a book which would have been guidance for mankind. Because it would have been the khabar or the naba of something that happened. Something happened. Then it would have been called a story book. In storybooks, perhaps it might be that there's lies and there's the truth. We would have called this a very true story. This is exactly as it happened. But the entire Quran was not coming to mention any waqiyah, any incident. Except that every verse would be a principle for you. To the extent that even when Nabi Yusuf Mm -hmm. entire life was put in one surah, it was put in such a manner that those parts of the life which was not a principle for mankind, that was not mentioned. Had it been a story of Yusuf salam, like how you will find a story is normally mentioned, you don't just start in the middle of the boy's life. You say once upon a time, long, long ago, in a certain year, this boy was born. His mother was this, his father was this. Quran would not come in that. Quran would mention a principle. And a principle is such that there's a Yusuf in every era. And there's a Zulaikha in every era. There's a Fir'aun in every era. There's a Musa in every era. It would mention it in such a manner that don't have to say now regarding what was this. The answer is it's regarding you. That you are the Yusuf. And then the man would see the principle. Similarly, the Ahadith regarding Fitan. There were those at certain times who said that this narration is regarding this. Their intention was never that it's only regarding this. Their intention was how apt this narration is for this. Otherwise the narration was meant as a principle for you. So if you can understand a hadith like this, especially the hadith of Fitan, a person will find that tribulations, trials comes to everyone and everyone's error is different from somebody else's. We might be living in South Africa in what is called a good era while the people in Syria and Shah might be in a worse era. If we're looking for one era for the whole world, you're not going to find it. Every country will have different periods where they're the best, they're in the middle, they're in the worst. They will say, this narration regards us. But at that time in another country, somebody else will say, no, that narration doesn't regard us. We're not in the worst of times. So the narration was regarding the individual. 
It was showing a principle. Abdullah, Hazrat Huzaifa radiallahu anhu was amongst those who was known as Sahibu Sir. The Sahabi who would always ask, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi explained many secrets to him, those that's why he was called Sahibu Sir. He had to keep certain things secret. And there was certain that he used to like to ask regarding the future. Those were the things he exposed. Because he was permitted to expose. So he said that others would ask Allah's Nabi Sallallahu regarding good things, Anil Khair, regarding good things, good things regards Futuhat, when will we conquer this land, that land, good things regarding what sawab will I get for this action, good things regards what will happen in Jannah, what has Allah kept for the believers, describe for me this verse of Jannah, explain to me that mm-hmm. good things. He said, I would ask regarding shar. I would ask regarding that when the difficulties and the evils come, then what? Normally in Islam, the law is that you must be positive. And don't always think what if. That when this happens, don't think about it. He says, but I would ask in the fear that what if I find that error? Then I mustn't just walk into darkness and I say, I never knew this is going to happen. So under that they write that this has always been the tariq of the hukama, of the masters in knowledge, that they would never look to the future and see dark clouds in a manner that would create in them a condition of despair. But neither were they those oblivious to the dark clouds. They never lived in a fool's paradise that things are always going to be okay. If signs were there, they would warn the people and tell them prepare. But they would never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. They would be able to say to the people, there's dark clouds, but beyond it I can see the sun also. But they would never ever say that, just don't talk about evil and evil won't come. They could see the evil. They were not blind and they were not scared. They looked at it, they walked towards it, they attacked it. They worked out different ways of going around it. That was the hukama, the tariq of the hukama. Huzaifa radiallahu anh said, I asked regarding it because if I found it, then at least I would have a principle how to go through it. So a principle was now going to be mentioned. He asked, he said, Oh Allah's Nabi, we found ourselves, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in an era of jahiliyat ignorance, was sharr. Shar could be kufr, evil. The greatest evil is kufr. And whatever comes with, two things create all evil. One is ignorance of what is right. And one is you evil in nature. One is the one group doesn't know. They're the general people. In many countries where evil fell, awamun nas, the general people, even in Quran when Allah spoke about the punishment He will give, He spoke about al-mala'u, at the leaders, what punishment will fall on them? The reason is the general people, they just follow an-nas ala dini muluki. What the king is, the majority will just run behind. The mala, they know many a time what we're doing is completely wrong because of their shar. And then ignorance is on the other. There's a great amount of people who don't even know what they're doing is wrong. But the jama' the ijtima, the gathering of two, ignorance and evil, you create the worst of worst. So he said, we found ourselves in the era of ignorance and shar. 
He says, then Allah brought khair to us. What goodness came? Goodness was what? It was ilm, knowledge, that was going to break that ignorance. And it was what is called piety. Because sometimes a man knows, but his evil is not going to accept. And many people don't know. Ilm and piety came, khair. And it changed the whole atmosphere. He said, but now I am asking you, and what a time he was asking in khair, the best of the best of errors. He said, فَهَلْ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ الْخَيْرِ شَرٌ That will we see bad days again? And what a principle was laid now. That whenever you are in the best of times, don't ever relax and say it's always going to be like this. That is when people become lax. They become negligent. When the man sees that no one is attacking in this town, then they stop locking their houses and their gates and their cars. So I went to one place, I slept that night in that person's room. But for me it was a very hard sleep because the gate wasn't locked in front of me. And I'm looking through like the window, there was no curtain there, so I'm looking into the garden. And I can see the outside gate is not locked. So I look this way, every time my eyes open, the thought comes, what if one man just drives past and he sees me directly? It's direct. So in the morning when I mentioned to my house, he said, nothing ever happens here. So that nothing ever happens is Mubarak, but it can happen. It mustn't happen that I'm the first and then tomorrow you say, hey, we start locking our door. <laughs> Lock the gate. So what happens when you become lax? فَقَالَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَمَدُ then the children that grow up in the next era, they just think there will never be problems. The parents also are relaxed. If someone teaches my child Mubarak well and good, if no one teaches him, I need him to become a doctor and a lawyer. Quran, everyone reads Quran. But the father doesn't understand that because you read Quran, you today on Islam. If he is not going to read Quran, he's not going to be on Islam. That if you got good days today, it doesn't mean tomorrow is better. So he asked, will shir come? Nabi Sallallahu said, definitely. Now, that after every good this world has it, that the next generation, which Umar said, I feared the inherited Islam. So they asked, what is that? He says, when they will take their deen from their parents, there won't be that jazba which we find today. It will be like an inheritance. There will be no appreciation, there will be no effort. When you don't work for something, you'll never treasure the thing. If it goes, it goes. Because it was never something you worked for. It came without any effort. When it went also, you never even thought about it. Rather you see it sometimes like a burden. See that father, how hard he worked for his business. But when the son gets it, he says, to wake up so early. He doesn't see that the business is bringing the nice bed I got. He sees it, the business is taking away the sleep I'm enjoying. The man who worked for it would still work out. Sometimes you'll find that man is so sick, so sick, so sick. But he wants to go to his shop. And a son, he inherited it. He, any excuse he can find to take leave, he wants to go on holiday. The holiday is being paid through the business. But he will never understand that. He will think money comes from the heaven. But the father who put it up for him to spend that little also is very hard. That is called what's inherited, what is worked for. 
After every era of goodness, khair, you're going to get an era of sharr. Because the next group just enjoyed it. What a principle. The principle wasn't for errors, it was for people. That if your father is the sheikh or the grand mufti or the allama of the era, then if that's the era of khair, then you must watch out for the era of sharr. What is the era of sharr? You'll be the era of sharr. Because you inherited it. He worked for it. He created such an empire. Go in the books of history and you will see the father what he did and how he gathered, what effort he made to put them on such a pedestal of greatness. In Tariq, the other day we discussed Harun al-Rashid. So they say perhaps he was the last of the best. But on his death the whole thing collapsed. Old thing. He at the end of his life said, my sons are waiting for me to die. Waiting for me. On his death, wherever he put it up, everything collapsed. He fought against the people who had the statement that Quran is created. His son propagated the view that Quran is created. He had them killed who said it. His son and his grandson punished the people who said against it. Complete opposite. Because after every good but why is it said? It's said not as to say what bad sons they were. Why did Quran speak about khalaf? فَخَلَفَ مِن بَعْدِهِمْ That those that came after were terrible. Why did Quran mention it? Was it speaking about the bad? Quran never ever worries about the past unless it means a principle for the present. It was telling the living people that if your grandparents were the Salaf, they were the best, you make sure you're not the Khalf. That you mustn't be the worst. Mm-hmm. By having your great-grandfather, he was the Allama of the era, has to create the fear in the grandson. That it must not be I lose his inheritance. I must work for it. In the past, the Mashaykh, they would speak to their children and they would say, the people from far will take my treasures. I cry where I know the only ones who will be deprived are my own children. But the people from far will come and get it. The one great sheikh of the time, once he asked his mother, that, tell me about my father, tell me. Or his grandfather. And then he said, then mother, then what happened to us? Then she cried and she said that, Oh my son, if you want to get the inheritance of your father, you will have to go look for it now. And he went looking for it. He said, where? He said, you won't find it. This doesn't come through a sperm cell. That piety of your father, grandfather, because you his grandson, it's not going to come direct. He said, his great Khalifa is in another country. If you want his real spiritual inheritance, you'll have to go there. The boy even went. He left all that luxury now. He went. Soon as he came, the Khalif understood my sheikh's son or grandson is coming. He was so thrilled. The honor of my sheikh. So he had a unique feast for him. He put up everything. That's how normally a son likes. If he visits the father's Khalifs, he understands when they come. They say, Hazrat, Hazrat. He's not the Hazrat. But because his father was Hazrat, so Ibn al-Hazrat. And they say, you sit on the stage. He also sits on the stage. His father would make tawajju without him realizing he's making tawajju. 
the son, he look at everyone like I need to put tawajjuh because he knows that they're expecting me of something. They're going to feed me just now, but they have to get something out of me. The world of difference. You can't inherit piety. He went, he was put up on the stage. How he was honored. And then he mentioned to the Khalif, I came to take the inheritance of my either father or grandfather. And the whole face of the Khalif changed. And immediately he took away all the honor. All the honor. No more now chicken and mutton. Now it was dal. If you want to get the inheritance, you'll have to work for it. All the honor gone. I honored you because the son of my sheikh came. I can't honor you now because you came to take his spirituality. If you want it, you'll have to work for it. And he put him through trials. They wrote the waqiyah. He put him through such trials that in the ending, the khalif, the sheikh himself, now the present sheikh, had a dream of his sheikh who said to him, even I wasn't so hard on you. Take it easy now with my crime. Then he pulled back. That's how they worked for it. If you want to get it, you will have to work. Otherwise, after every zamana of khair, in every town it will be different. In every family it will be different. There will be the era of shirk. When you see good times, don't ever think the next will be akhir, even better. When the one master put up a Darul Ulum in a place of fitan and evil, and how the madrasa flourished, the next generation had to understand fitna will enter here also. There has to be a zamana of shar after khair. So the person must look for it, wait for it, and think when it's going to happen. <coughs> Must I be the cause of it happening? Or must I at that moment go around it? But the one who never thought it can happen said, How did it happen? Darulun Dioban, they saw in a dream that a naked woman was climbing. And then she reached the window and she managed to get in. They asked the wali of the era, What does this mean? He said, A time has to come with dunya, that's your naked woman. Understanding that this is the threat will somehow try to get inside. Even if it's not invited from the front, it will come from the back. Be ready for it. It has to come. Those that were ready, they saw it coming. They avoided it. They made efforts that even whatever happens, but let's look after deen. And to a great extent, alhamdulillah, by the fadl of Allah, to a great extent, they were successful. There was that era where there was a little intishar. But to a great extent, when you speak of Darul Um Tiyoban today, you'll still see a madrasa. Go out in the world and you will see those madrasas who were once upon a time the markers of ilm. And when you walk through it today, you will only see fitan in and out. Then you will understand that after khair, there has to be shar. So much of effort was made that this was the pillar of deen. And the time comes when you walk through it and you say, this is the pillar of everything against it. It's opening all the doors of evil. So then he said, so after that shar, will there be khair again? <coughs> Nabi Sallallahu said, obviously. Because Almighty Allah makes a mujaddid has to come. A qawm which has mujaddid have to come. Islam is unique, it goes down and then it comes up again. Just like one person who swims, he goes down and then he comes up. And he goes down and he comes up. He never drowns. Islam goes, but it finds its way again up. So there's going to be khair. He said, 
وَفِيهِمْ دَخَنْ However, there has to be some dakhan. The Sahabi asked, what is this dakhan? Dakhan from Dukhan. Dukhan means a little black. Opposite of clean. What was meant is, obviously this next group in which you see a revival taking place. And this is a unique principle in Islam. When the revival takes place and you see like a good leader coming, you see a change happening. They don't expect everything. Because this group came out from the era of Shar. In the era of Shar, their mothers never even wore trouser. This group, if they're wearing trouser and scarf, it's like male ghanimat. You can't go in front of them and you say, You shaitania, where's your parda? She never saw scarf in her life. In her town to put on a scarf was called the jihad of the earth. The people who saw her and saw her fight. And then they saw dreams that she was the kutub of the era. Two things. One is that you can't go and tell her that as long as you haven't got parada, you're the fasika of the era. Didn't you read the kitabs of fiqh? That you can't do. Because dakhanun, it had to have its darkness. And the other you can't also do. You say, I went to this country. You know what a pious woman this auntie was? But she never used to make parada from a brother-in-law. So why must my wife make? You say, you can't do that also. Because when there's a little smoke, it was natural to have that smoke. You can't go and say, I saw you spoke so much about one great man. What a pious man. But he got no beard. So where this beard became an issue of deen? Either he's a fasik or he's not a fasik. What is he? Say, وَفِيهِ دَخَنُونَ That after the era of evil, there has to be that clouds, that smoke. Because they came from an era where there was no deen at all. Wherever they are, they are the mujaddids of the era. But if you want to find the whole deen, then you can't look at him. You will have to appreciate him and what a word was used. So he asked, what is the smoke you're speaking about? It's not so clear. What does that mean? What an answer was given. He said, قَوْمٌ يَسْتَنُّونَ بِغَيْرِ سُنَّتِ وَيَهْدُونَ بِغَيْرِ هَدِي That you will find at times that they will be showing a path which is not my full path. And they will be, in, they will be on a path which is not my full path. And they will be guiding others to a tariq which is not mine. Ta'rif minhu watunkir. One translation is many things of theirs you will be happy with. And there will be things you won't be happy. That's called a khabar. Or it could be in the meaning of an amar. And what a principle. Ta'rif minhu. Fataqbal wa tashkur. What you recognize to be the right, accept it. Appreciate it. Make dua for the leader. Say to him, you the man of the era. And what you see is not right because you the alim. You will have to say, but that is not right. You can't become blind of the wrong and just say he is my man. Whatever he does is right. That you can't. And you can't be so hard that because you don't find the one point which you wanted in him, you say he's a write-off like the rest. There's no hope for the world. 
you will have to take the good, recognize it, accept it, appreciate it. And the imams of the eras did this. When new khalifs came, what effort the khalif was making, they appreciated. They went up to him. They thanked him. They said, because of you, this new madrasa came. Sometimes they even praised him. They wrote ash'ar in his honor. It's not fair that you say they all were sellouts. But everything he did wasn't right. In every khalif, in every king, in every leader, there will be so many things which you will still find. Why? <coughs> because after the era of the best of best, when the evil era comes, a little of that dust has to move. And Islam has reached us like that. You will not get on a huge scale purity. If you want purity, you will get it on a selected few. On a huge scale, there's going to be dust. So he understood that. Imam Muslim, after narrating this one, he brought another narration just to explain this point. That who will be the qawmun who will be doing right and also not so right. He said, Al-A'imma. They will be your leaders. But they will do certain things which you will not like. And many things will be very good. And then one word was put in that. وَفِيهِمْ وَسَيَقُومُ فِيهِمْ رِجَالٌ And amongst those leaders, you will get people who will stand up soon. قُلُوبُهُمْ قُلُوبُ الشَّيَاطِينَ فِي جُثْمَانِ إِنْسِ their hearts will be the hearts of the devil. They will be in the guise of man. They will wait with these leaders. So the leader will be good. And you must appreciate his good. But every leader that comes in the world, very soon some people will come next to him. And they will wait for the opportunity. Hypocrites have always been the biggest threat. It could be in the guise of his most beloved wife. Or his slave girl who gave birth to him, Ummah Walid. When a man's heart goes to his wife, then the grand mufti can say to him, that you know, you can't trust her so much. You say, my friend, I spend the night with her. I only give you five minutes. At night when he's touching her and she says, you know that mufti, I don't trust him so much. The next day the khalif's attitude to the mufti changes. It could be his now that Ummah Walid gives birth, that his beloved son. But that son entered through the woman who's a munafiqah. So the khalif after a while will start listening obviously to the one who is more closer with and not trusting the one he's supposed to trust. And where he regards that he is the threat and in history Allah Park made it such. This is called the fitan of life. Every khalif that came the biggest problem he had was in his own family. That to recognize who's my real threat or who's not the threat. There were so many times that the downfall of the Khalif came. Why? Because whoever were his true supporters, he himself removed them one by one. And then when there was no one who was really his left, then the one he trusted the most knocked him out. So he brought upon his own. Allah made it such. This is dunya. If he was mukhlis, he'll get his jannah, even though sometimes in the ending he just cried. Being a khalif, a leader is not easy. To criticize is very easy. When you're the leader, everyone around you, you don't know who's who. There's no thermometer you can say, you the liar, you the truthful. 
The one who looks the most truthful is the biggest liar. The one who stands up and criticizes. Someone says, watch out for him, but he's the most truthful. Where you feel they're going to overtake you, they're the ones who like you. Where you feel this one is my support, they're the ones who knocked you. And that is the whole history of Islam. So those leaders are good. You will see things in them which you will appreciate, you will like, make dua for them. We're living in a time where now the whole world became what is called global village. In the past it was you the principal of your small village. And you never know what's happening around. The principle was for you. In today because the whole world is in like our hand. So someone says, what's happening in Iraq? What's happening in Libya? What's happening in Pakistan? What's happening in Turkey? And what they want us to say, they want us to say, that man is the Mahdi. And that one is the Mahdi. And that one is the Mahdi. There's going to be no Mahdi except the Mahdi. So if you say, Inshallah, he's a good president, then they say, but he got this wrong. You know, he got lot wrong. He got hundreds of wrong. But if you're not going to make dua for your leaders, then it's the leader who brings the qawm. Appreciate whatever good he's doing because that remember soon worse is going to stand. Whatever you can make of today, make. He's letting you put up your madrasa in your country. Go there and thank him. His wife is not in Parada. Don't even give her a bayan and say shaitaniya in shaitan. He's letting you do what you do. Do it now. Because very soon the next part of the narration comes. He said, and after that khair which will have that dust, will they be shar? Look at the wording. Nabi Wasallam said, Du'atun ala abwaabi jahannam. You will find the time where people will become so bold. So bold to invite towards the doors of the fire. The invitation will be, they'll make it so entertaining, enjoyable, appeasing, attracting. That's called a da'i. You don't force a person to Jahannam. You invite him. Who you invite? There will be people who will put up things which everyone will want to go towards. Man ajabahum ilay, people will start coming that this is the best. And when they just come and they're standing on the brink of it, then they will push them into the fire of Jahannam. That error will come. So if you find an error where to practice on deen is still easy. Although in the leaders we don't find the best of the best, then we say this is the best of the rest. Make shukar of what you got because don't expect better, worse will come. What you got, appreciate and work while you can. Because the one who comes next is going to be even worse than the one you got now. Du'atun ala abwaabi jahannam. They will invite. Uzaifa radiallahu anh said, Oh Allah's Nabi, if I find that error, now what must I do? And again, it's a principle. You'll see the best of errors. During that time, don't think it's always going to be good. Make an effort on yourself. Then you will see evil. When evil comes, don't become despondent and say it's all over. Understand that after this goodness is coming. But when goodness comes, don't be so, so, so criticizing that this is still rubbish. This is still rubbish. Give the people hope that this is better now work now. When shar comes, they all go despondent. They don't work. When good comes, they still say, no, no, this is not the best. No one will work. Whatever you got, make the best of it. There will be, when the next group comes, Du'atun ala abwaabi jahannam. 
inviting to evil, he said, then what do I do? Nabi said, Talzam Jama'at al-Muslimin. She has two meanings. Is when the people are coming to the masjid for salah, even if you don't like Imam Sap, and you say he works for so and so organization, or you don't like the qawm, you make sure you come for salatul jama'ah. You can't say, I'll perform my salah now in the house. Because if you start, your children will never see the masjid after that. You will have to come. This is called the ijtima of the believers. You come, you read your namaz. If you feel it's not taking place behind this imam, after that you repeat your salah at home. But you make sure you come for the salah. There was a time in the past where Sahaba radiallahu complained they're performing their salah not in the correct time. So, so what you did? We still went for the salah. Then if someone was not happy, they read their salah in the right time also. And they made sure they went. How happy the nafs will be to say that that Imam Sahib, I just, verdict was passed against him. So from today I'm performing salah at home. Too happy he is because from Fajr tomorrow, he don't have to come in the cold. And if everyone says to him, you're not going masjid, he said, Daru shaitan. <laughs> but in his house, he's sleeping. He's not going. Later on, his wife will say, from that zamana, my husband stopped performing his sunnah. Because whoever performs sunnah at home, and if he does it for a few days, it's a very fast sunnah. Because you don't have to wait 10 minutes for the imam sahab to come. And the salah after the sunnah, that witr that once upon a time he used to do, wherever will he read tarawih chuni rakats. In his first night he'll say, I got josh 10 paras. And second night after two rakats, I'm feeling a little sick. <laughs> Deen will leave if you don't come to the masjid. You will have to forget all your stories. And you will have to be there in that musallah. Second meaning is talzam jama'at al-muslimin. Is as a single individual you can't make the claim, rise against the zalim. Stand up with your weapons. Bring a bomb and let's blow one to places. You will cause nothing but havoc for you and for everyone else. You might get that one full of Joshua will say, where's your iman? Sahaba stood up against kufr. But study the tarikh when they stood up, how they stood up. Study the tarikh of the scholars that came after. They understood the power in front. And whether it's right to immediately oppose or to work for some other way. It is not always that a Muslim alim leader was told, I want you to go to the parliament and strap yourself with explosives and say, you'll pass this law, I'll give my life for the deen. And they and they blow himself. That wasn't the law. The law was sometimes to speak the truth in front of the oppressor. That he went in front and said, Khalif, Sultan, leader, what you're doing is not right. Then the Khalif would say, thank you very much, go. Then what he would do? He would not take out his sword and say, what go? I'll fight you. He would go. He would say, I did my duty. Sometimes they would come and say to him, are you not going to stand up? And the answer would be, stand up and? He said, if you show me a leader on who everyone will unite, and he stands up, and he got a power which will overthrow this. I'll give my full support. But as long as that leader is not there, this is our leader. Talzam jama'at al-Muslimin. Uzaifa radiallahu anh said, what if there is no jama'at al-Muslimin? What if there is no imam? Then what? Mm-hmm. Nabi Sallallahu said, then stay away from all the small parties. 
He said, you just stay away. فَعْتَزِلْ تِلْكَ الْفِرَكَ كُلَّهَا You just stay one side. He said, even if it means you have to grab onto the root of a tree. Because everyone likes the alim. Alim, no one likes him when the work gets done. They only like him to get the work done. The alim is the puller of votes. But the day the votes come for the party, and the alim will say, but you promised me a town on Deen. They'll say, Morana, we'll name this town after you. But after this, don't visit us. In the beginning of the formation of Pakistan, many great ulama held the flag also. But as soon as Pakistan was formed, they stood up and said, you promised us. And they said, every promise was broken. Then they understood we were used. Avoid the political parties. If you want to, you'll have to be a party. But when they want you, remember the rich will only suck the blood of the scholar like a mosquito. They say, Hazrat, Hazrat, they'll take you for Umrah also. They'll take you for Hajj also. But the fact that they're not changing their life means they don't want deen, they want you to make the dunya. The day you become the threat to the dunya, how they respected you yesterday so much because you made the dunya, tomorrow they'll be the same ones who will cut you and clip you. He said, stay far. Even if it means you're holding on to the roots, they're pulling you, join me, join me. He said, it's not for the scholars. You let the groups come up. The one that you find closest to the truth, you don't give support. You give du'as. What's right in right, you say, this one is good. What's wrong, you tell him this is wrong. You don't become the caller towards any party because every party got its own fitna in it. فَعْتَزِلْ تِلْكَ الْفِرَقْ He says, and remain until death comes to you. وَأَنْتَ عَلَىٰ ذَلِكَ Unique narration this is where it covered the principles of life. If you're living in good zamanas, don't become lax. And think, my grandfather was a jannati, I'm born in jannah. Shar will come. When shar comes, don't become despondent. Around the corner is goodness. When you see good days coming, don't become so criticizing, so criticizing. Say, take the best of what it is. It got its little bit clouds. You will appreciate some the good, and you will criticize what is wrong also. But in a manner that you don't criticize the man as a write-off completely. You say, this is the hope. Khalif Harun Rashid was walking. Most likely it was Fuzail bin Ayaz who saw him. And he said, this is like the star of the era. This is my star. He says, because the day he goes, فَسَتَرَى أُمُورًا إِظَامًا The day he goes, you're going to see major matters. And that's what happened after that. When you got that leader, appreciate that leader. Because what's going to come after? The du'at ala abwaabi Worse is going to come. What a unique principle this whole hadith gave. Whatever error you find yourself in, you will have to make it work in that error. You can't think that something else is going to happen. Where you are, make it work. And there's manners to make it work. See the evil. We're not scared of the evil. We're not oblivious from the evil. In the light of Quran and Sunnah, we see it. We understand it, we learn how to work with it, around it, over it. Allah tabarakullah, through the blessings of Quran and Sunnah, through every fitan, through every trial, in the light of Quran and Sunnah, may Allah always guide us all. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.